Welcome to the podcast. I am Melissa Matheson. And can we just talk for a minute about the timing of God? I know sometimes we go through seasons wondering why do things seem to take longer to happen than we think they should or wish they would. But time and time again, usually it's after I've crossed over through an unusual season, do I realize the timing of God is perfect and he has a purpose and a plan for every detail of our life. I've known for quite a while that my friends Stephen and Bryn would be going through a season of transition, major transition, like moving to another city in another kind of state kind of transition. But I didn't know when that was exactly going to happen. I've been trying to get together with them for months, but because I've been traveling so much lately, I was only recently, finally, able to get them over to the house for a cup of coffee and to give me an update on what's going on. And guys, would you believe that while they were here, they told me that they would be moving that very week. I mean, I've been trying to get our schedules together forever to do this podcast, and when it finally happened, it was the week that they were moving. So good of God to give me a chance to sit with these two friends and have them share their story before their major transition to another city and into the next season that God has for their family. I also wanted Stephen and Bryn to tell their story of how they met, dated, and married. Do you want to hear something else interesting about timing? This was not planned or intended at all, but the day that this podcast goes live is also the third anniversary of when Stephen proposed. So not only do we talk about transition and their moving, in fact, when you listen to this podcast, they will already be in their new city. But we also talked about how they met, dated, and married, and on Memorial Day today, this podcast goes live. It's three years since that day. Coincidence? I'd like to think that God's timing is perfect. So grab your coffee and join us at the table. We're talking about what happened in 2010, raising ninjas, and a guy named Earl. Today on What's Next, God? Well, we usually talk about coffee when we get started. But now Stephen and I have already had the coffee conversation because yeah. Stephen has already done a podcast with me. But Bren, mm-hmm. you and I, let's yes. talk about coffee. Because actually when we were here, we actually talked about you and coffee. Your husband talked about coffee with you. Okay. How he doesn't do coffee, but you do coffee. I do. And that's like his act of service to make you coffee. It is. How do you rate your husband's coffee making <laughs> skills? <laughs> well, it's funny because he says that he does it always the same. But there's some mornings that I'm like, this is an extra good cup of coffee this morning. Okay. So some mornings are, they're always good. And I'm Not always. Not so good. <laughs> <laughs> I think sometimes, <laughs> but I'm always thankful. And it, it is, it's a great way to start the day. But it's, um, he, I've tried to make him coffee. In different ways. Yeah. It's just not ever his been thing. his thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. All right. Now, how many cups a day do you do? One Miss? in the morning. Just one? One in the morning. But you have a baby. I do have a baby. But still just one. <laughs> just the one. Just the one. Sometimes like an afternoon cup. Okay. But um, Or when a friend comes over yeah. and you're yep. being um, mm-hmm. friendly I think, and conversational. Yes. I think that it's more of, so I, I realized it, so I'm drinking a cup of coffee now, Yeah, but it's holding it. It's warm. It's soothing. So it's more of, I need that in the morning because the girls know yes. at home too. Don't talk to don't talk to me until I've had my coffee. Yes. <laughs> I need, it's my only bit of me time. Yes. And it's, um, 
Very important. It is. But then if the afternoon comes around, you're social drinking if it's in the afternoon because somebody is there with you and you are being social. Right. And you are social drinking your coffee. Right. In the afternoons. (laughs) Do you drink it with sugar, cream, or you drink it black? Um, I like my sugar and cream. You so do. I'm not super picky on, I'll, I like to try different things, but um, I do have, my morning cup is like a stevia, um, so it's yeah. a calorie free, but then I put soy milk mm-hmm. in it. It's a weird, I've never drank soy milk before I got pregnant, but um, after having a baby, I, I went to soy milk. Now you're soy milk. Yeah. Um, okay. I don't want to tell too much, okay. but you guys are moving soon. And going to Knoxville, do you know how many coffee shops there are in Knoxville? Uh, it's going to be heaven. <laughs> I am, because your husband does not drink coffee, I will have to come visit. Yes. Do you do like frappuccinos or anything, Stephen? I like the cold ones. You'll so do the cold I, ones? Like iced coffees okay. and sometimes, you know. Well, yeah, when I come to Knoxville, like you just stay home with the kids. <laughs> Brent and I are going to go hit as many coffee shops in yes. Knoxville as we can hit. So, because that's going to be your new home soon. I'm really, yes. And Steven's such a sport. He, whenever we travel, he usually wants to take me by a cool coffee shop. So That's a good husband. Yes. Very, very good. good husband. <laughs> um, we're doing something we have not done in a really long time. We're going to um, do a Camels Are Coming episode, and I want to hear <laughs> your story of how you met Dated and Mary. So we used to do these every Wednesday, and then my schedule kind of just went a little crazy upside down. Actually, it still is a little bit. So we just are throwing these whenever we can. But I got to thinking, I it's been a really long time hmm. since we did a Camels with a couple telling their story of how they met, dated, and married. Now, I know your story of how you met, dated, and married. You've been married how long? Three years. Almost three years. Almost mm-hmm. three years. Mm-hmm. And there's significance to this date What's what's around this date? What happened around this date, Stephen? Did you like propose? Right next weekend, okay. Memorial Memorial Day weekend. What's the proposal? Next weekend will be three years proposal, right? So I've known Stephen for gosh eleven years, eleven plus a long time. I knew Stephen when he was single, and I knew Stephen before there was a Bryn. And I remember Stephen when Bryn <laughs> came along, and I know Stephen with a Bryn in his life. And um, I've gotten to see just this huge um, story of God's goodness and restoration in your life. And that's why I want y'all to tell us hmm. about it because you have stories. What was life like for you a little bit before you were um, uh, married, Stephen? Tell me about single life. For you, because we touched on it a little bit in our little last bit. podcast. We got a little emotional. <laughs> I have to rewind and put myself there. You know, don't you go kinda to, get used yeah. to where life is like now. Well, you don't have to go too deep, but I want people to get a picture of, of who you were and then so they can understand really the fullness of this story. Yeah. So single dad, I was a single dad for almost 10 years. My youngest was 18 months old and then a two and a half year old and a five year old yeah. Um, when I became single. And, you know, I had some words from the Lord about my wife. I didn't know that it was going to take 10 years for those to be fulfilled, <laughs> almost 10 years, you know? So really what my single life looked like was following the Lord and, you know, I would meet different people and is, is this the one that you have for me? Yeah, you know, and and uh, kind of navigating that that journey with the Lord while trying to be a good dad and raise three baby girls, and uh, yeah. yeah, I mean that's 
about it. Because you were a full-time caregiver mm-hmm. to to the girls. I mean, you even had seasons where you were unemployed. Oh, yeah. I was unemployed for 18 months. Yeah. Oh, 15 months, yeah. And trying to take care of a family mm-hmm. and take care of business, bills, yeah. loving Jesus. They were about to foreclose on my home yeah. in 2011. And I moved here to Hamilton in 2009. I lost my job four months later and then went 15 months. The whole year of 2010, without a job, I applied for over 250 jobs. They're about to close the home. I've got three little girls. And like, Lord, I don't know what's going to (laughs) happen. And then I got a job. They created a position for me in my job that I have now. They actually created it for me. And then within six weeks, every single bill was completely caught up. It was as if the previous 15 months never Never happened happened. financially. It was completely caught up. There's no late payments on the mortgage. There was no penalties, credit cards. All of it was completely caught up just in a moment. Yeah. I feel like somebody needs to hear that story. Like somebody that's been like waiting for a job or, or just mm-hmm. has been in a place where they have just been stuck or needing provision that something can happen suddenly. Like mm-hmm. we're all about that season of suddenly as we know what that means. And that can happen for somebody to know that that happened to you and that can happen for them. Hey, Bryn, 2010, <laughs> when he was going through that, where were you in 2010? Um, The Lord, I was... 2010, I was in, out in the world in a deep addiction. Okay. So between 2010 and 2011 was really when the Lord, um, I was not like following the Lord clearly, but mm-hmm. um, I still, I knew it was the Lord and He would break through at certain times. So it was like He was working on me to finally get me into a rehab right around. And it, we have- It was in 2011. What's so crazy is mm-hmm. that I was actually- with a team at the bridge when I got the first prophetic word of encouragement, whatever, you know. The bridge, is that that women's in rehab In Arkansas. Facility? No, it was- Oh, the um, church. The, the bridge church, church there. Okay. And um, the pastor stopped me, gave me a word about my wife. But one of the key things that he said is the Lord is preparing her. Literally about two or three months after that is when Bryn went to went to treatment. Went yeah. to treatment. And her life began to Can you talk a little bit about your addiction? Change. Yeah. um, How did that start for you? um, Well, my dad was an alcoholic growing up in the home, and he had a lot of chronic pain. And so pain pills were always in my life. They were just normal. And so when I got into high school, I was a young girl trying to find where I belonged, you know, did not really know who I was, had no value really for who Mm -hmm. I was. And so I got into this party crowd. It was kind of the cool thing. And literally just going out, drinking on the weekends. But it was like that turn where I started down a really bad path. And some people could do it and they their bodies and minds didn't respond to it the way. But for me, addiction, there was this generational addiction all through my dad's side. Yeah. So um, that just... So my senior year was a struggle to graduate. I was just, I'd lost all desire to do anything with my life. And, you know, I have, my mom and dad were great people. I just Mm -hmm. was very, very broken, you know. Yeah. So um, 
Yeah. So I just think back to that and I think about the, it started with partying and then it just got in, I got in a really bad relationship and, you know, hanging out in the bad part of town and, you know, the drug houses and stuff. So that was in high school. Did you, did you ever go to college? I did go to college. I flunked out of college multiple (laughs) times. I tried, like I would have this in, intention to do and to change. Yeah. But I had no idea how to. Yeah. What did you study in college? Or what um, were you wanting? Yeah. Or trying to I study? I had really no clue before. So that was all before. I, I went back to college and did really well after I've, I've gotten. After you got clean. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I had a whole other. It's like two different lives. Okay. So, so. the first life, col- um, high school, a little bit of college. When did you, how old were you when you went into rehab? I think I was 22. Did you only go one time? Um, I had went into a detox and then I went to an outpatient treatment. Okay. And that was, I wasn't ready. Um, Mm -hmm. So I went back out using for, I think the next year. And then I went in an inpatient rehab for Mm -hmm. six months. And yep, praise God. Yeah. That because they they told us when we got in there, um, one out of 10 of you will actually succeed. Hmm. And the reality of looking around in a room of 20 people, it's like oh, wow. only two of us are yeah. actually going to do mm-hmm. this. Um, so I think in me, I was there's something in me that I'm going to be that one. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to do this thing. So, so um, how did you do it? What was that thing that just like made it stick for you this time? Um. Well, the program was an A, it was an AA, a 12 step program. Uh Um, but I, it's where I encountered the Lord and I truly surrendered everything to the Lord. And I think it was just the reality of everything that I know, I've got to throw it all away. I've got to start a new life, get new thoughts in my head. So I read a lot. I Mm -hmm. prayed a lot. I completely changed my relationship. So when I got back home, I was like, okay, I'm I'm committing to always being at church. I'm going to find some good friends. And I found some of the most amazing women relationships that are still, I still have strong relationships with them. Yeah. So I think that the, the accountability, the relationship with the Lord, and just knowing this is a new life. Like the Lord forgave me. Mm-hmm. Um, I walked out a lot of shame. Sure. You I know, bet. so... Well, and the fact that you can sit here and talk about it now just shows how completely healed and whole yeah. the Lord has, that you're able to talk about it because it's not holding you. It doesn't right. keep you in bondage anymore that you're able to talk about it. It shows how free you actually are. Right. Let me ask you, tell me a little bit about addiction because I'm kind of curious. Did you, mm-hmm. was, because um, I think of addiction as a bit of a, like um, a, uh, like a mindset Mm-hmm. A way that you think, because I think that people can have addictions to drugs or to other things. Was your addiction just drugs or was it a mindset? Did you have addictive tendencies towards other things as well? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Um, I think I think my brain tells me if something is a little bit good, a whole lot of it is going to be even better. Okay. Um, and so I, but I still remember the first time I, I took a pain pill, I remember the way my physical body felt and it, but it did, it immediately 
quieted the voice in my mind. I had peace in my mind. And so I do wonder if I wasn't in such a place of turmoil in my mindset, Mm -hmm. if I had more security in who I was, would it have taken over? Gotcha. You know? So some people can have maybe that, those tendencies, but depends on how loud the voice is. Right. And what they're needing peace and comfort from. Uh, gotcha. That makes sense. I kind of wondered. I used to, I've never had a drug addiction, but I've had mm-hmm. like um, addictive thoughts about certain things. Like mm-hmm. I can be a little obsessive compulsive. I remember um, like laying awake thinking about when I wake up, I get to eat almonds. You know, like I had this thing mm-hmm. like where I just like loved almonds because right. they were good for you. And like, and I loved, and I was like, wait a minute, the fact that I'm thinking about these too much. I, this is a problem <laughs> or it's like that way with coffee. I will do coffee fast. If I feel like coffee okay. is getting out of hand for me, right? I have to fast coffee. So we want to say that, yes, of course, the addiction to drugs is terrible and awful, but there's also a lot of this, this renewing of your mind that I think is so important that really everyone needs to maybe step back and go, where in my mind do I need to be renewed and change the way I think? Sure. And I sure. feel like for somebody like you that's gone through that, I think that's like a gift that that even though addiction was awful, but you have this, you are now equipped in a way that I'm not to be able to walk people through right. renewing their mind because you mm-hmm. actually had to go through those steps for a particular situation that you were in. So, so you, after that, you went to college and studied. Yes. Um, I went to school for dental hygiene. And so I, that's right. mm -hmm. So I, well, so I got in at a dental office. I was a dental assistant Uh and I was working full time and doing, um, classes at night. So I was a full time working during the day, school at night, going for, dental hygiene at night. So, um, so it was full, it was a full day. Um, that's a, that takes a special person to do that job. (laughs) (laughs) And I love it. Do you? I love it so much. I know I'm weird. I like weird stuff. Like, I don't know. Even anything tedious, it makes me excited. That's so funny. Okay. We have to tell everybody, make sure they know you're an Enneagram one. Yes. So what do you love about being an Enneagram one? Hmm. Oh, come on. Don't think too hard. There's so many things to love about being a one. I love the... <laughs> well, it's challenging in marriage. I think, I think okay. you know... She loves being right. <laughs> ones are always yes, right. Yes, we are. Go team one. Yes, and, I, and I'm a one wing two. So I'm like, I like to be right and good. And I, I do think that... And you want to be right and good so you can help other people yes. be right and good. Yes. Because that's everything I do is just to help and to do yes. good. So I do feel good about that. I I think knowing my Enneagram, though, is help me miss or help me see my blind spots. Because okay. if I can know more about how strong I can be on that how does that affect the people around me? Yeah. So then I can temper it out of love and really let it be right and good to those around me. It's yeah. not just for me. Yeah. That makes sense. Yes. No, it does make sense. I Because I'm an Enneagram <laughs> 1. It makes complete sense to me. Yes. Steven, you are a hardcore 8. 8, yeah. With that really big wing 7. Mm-hmm. Huge wing 7. Yeah. What do you love about being an 8? 
I think the biggest thing that I love about being an eight is probably the way the eights. I'm trying to think of the right way to to express it. Basically, manage failure or experience failure. Okay, explain. Because eights are going after challenge after challenge, so failure is not necessarily a crippling thing. That's true. It's because not. there's going to yeah. be a thousand more challenges, which means there's probably nine hundred ninety nine more failures. Gotcha. But it's not really about whether you, you know, um, overcome the challenge or you quote unquote fail with the challenge. It mm-hmm. is that you had the boldness and the bravery to take the challenge. Yes. I, I can see that. that's probably what I like the most. Eights are just leaders. You're just unafraid mm-hmm. to just take risk and and lead lead other people into crazy ideas and risk. It's been very freeing as a one. <laughs> Being married to an eight, I'm like, what? You don't, it doesn't matter if it's right or wrong. Yeah. It just, it blows my mind. Okay. Okay. All right. We haven't talked about how you met, but let's just go ahead and let's just unpack this for yeah. a minute. Can we go there? Mm-hmm. All right. Tell me some of the challenges, Brian. You just said there's some challenges in being a one married to an eight. Because things are so clear, like it is right or wrong. It's black and white. As a and, one. As a one. Okay. And so I have that filter. So Stephen does not have a, that filter. His filter is is this what I want to do because and or is this something that I don't this is this not a choice I want to make so he can make decisions very quick where for me I need to think through it so there is a strength in that I can let him, I can put my trust in my husband to make that good leader decision and and it has been very freeing mm-hmm. um, but it can also be challenging when um, I feel very strong mm-hmm. on something right or wrong um, because of a an eight is they're very confident and so I can yeah. be like let's talk through this and so but knowing our enneagrams we have learned we're we're learning how to be the best of both of them because mm-hmm. we're a, an eight and a one is a really good team yeah they are if if we can blend yes so because technically when you as a one are at your healthiest state you lean towards a seven which is his wing which is where you guys kind of come together and have a lot of similarities Mm -hmm. you both can connect in that way so one and eight is actually a very good combination (laughs) what do you love so you already said about his eightness that you love that he is confident and can lead tell me one more thing you love about him being an eight and then steven you're going to tell me what you love about her oneness I think that his eightness has broken fear um, off of my life. Okay. Because I've never been covered within marriage. Um, Every choice I made as a single female was I want to make the right choice. And that can be very scary Mm -hmm. because how do you really know if it's the right (laughs) choice? You hope but that has been my favorite thing about him because it's security to me and it's been very freeing so i've become a whole new person yeah by him being my other half yeah and breaking off here i love that 
guys. Just interrupting this conversation really quick to tell you that the podcast has some new friends. Southbound Coffee Company is the official coffee of the What's Next God podcast. Now, you know how much we love coffee and drink coffee and talk about coffee at the beginning of every podcast. And our friends at Southbound want everyone to experience what coffee actually tastes like and take us on a journey to discover the world's best coffee roasted to perfection. This coffee roasting company is based out of Columbus, Mississippi, but guess what? They can ship coffee to you wherever you are, and they have a promo code just for our podcast listeners. Go to southboundcoffee.com, shop around, and use the code What's Next God at checkout for 15% off your first purchase. That's 15% off your first purchase. It's one discount per person, so go ahead and order a few different varieties and let us know what you think. That's southboundcoffee.com, and the code is all one word. What's next, God? And now, back to our conversation with Stephen and Bren. Stephen, tell me about Bren. Favorite things you love about her specifically being a one? What? Besides yeah. the fact she's always right. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it challenging. <laughs> what makes it, ch- what I love because about Because eights are, like control too. <laughs> well, eights don't like to be controlled. No. So that's the big okay, thing. Okay, so there is a difference in uh, that actually. It is yeah. a difference. I don't yeah, necessarily desire to control other people. Yeah. Uh, do whatever you want. It doesn't yeah, make yeah, a difference yeah. to me. I just don't want to be controlled. Right. So okay. I can, I'm very open handed with whatever you do. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I can give my advice. I don't have like, you don't have to do what I think you should do, do right. whatever you want to do. But, but if you're trying to make me do something, that's a whole nother ball game. Yeah. You know, so it's funny when she said that we, we actually go to a marriage counselor because we're always just trying to improve. Um, Such a get fantastic better. idea. I love and, that. And um, she's really great with the Enneagrams. And she said something in one of our sessions that was like a light bulb moment for both of us. I didn't think about it, but she told Bryn, she says, you know, the rules, he d- it doesn't even cross his radar that the rules even apply to him. <laughs> Doesn't even occur to him. He's not even. That does, he never even thinks about that. He just goes after whatever yes. it is that surges in him. So yes. that is obviously very challenging. If whatever I'm going after doesn't feel like necessarily the right thing, yeah. you know, for her. But I think that what I love most about her is that is her. She is really good, and I don't mean mean that in terms of like. I don't even know how to express it, but there's just like such a pure, I keep even feeling the word golden, like Mm -hmm. this goodness um, that's in her. So I know all of her motives are really good. Even if I don't think she's right. Yeah. (laughs) I know that her motive behind it is really good toward everybody around her, you know, um, with our family. It's just, I think that's what I like the most, um, love about her the most. I never experienced that before. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I'm used to whether it's in business or different areas, people are just out for themselves kind of thing. And that's not, and I don't know if this is, you know, reflective of everyone, you know, every Enneagram one, but it is reflective of Of her, her, of just like that good nature. Yes. Yes. I love that. So tell me then how you met. His eight was good because he knew what he wanted. (laughs) You know, what's funny is because it ties into our next step. I just realized when I was thinking about going back about Mm -hmm. how we met, 
because I traveled with Pastor Casey for like six years. Yeah, so Casey Doss, pastor of Hope Unlimited. Right, which will be the family that we're joining yep. in Knoxville. And so I um, I traveled with him for, for six years, and we had just been on the road over the weekend, and then he told me he was actually going down to Phoenix City, Columbus, Georgia area, um, to my best friend's church on the Wednesday night. Yeah, which is where you lived before you moved here to Hamilton. It is where I moved from. Yeah. And Shout I didn't out really, Pastor Donnie and Marie. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't really want to go because we had just been on the road, and I knew it would be kind of that you know turnaround trip. You drive down, yeah. you preach as you drive back. It's going to be really late. Um, I had just been down there to visit like a week before, but something in me felt I need to be faithful to this opportunity you know, that I have with him. Now, I did not know. It was actually the next week that I found out he was going to plant a church in Knoxville. Mm -hmm. And that would turn out to be the very last trip that I had with him. Oh, wow. And so we go down, we're in service and, you know, he's preaching and he's doing his thing. And I'm just sitting on the front row with my family because Donnie and Marie and their their family is my family. They're, right. they're like my God family yes. that I inherited, you know, through everything that I went through earlier in my life. And so I'm just sitting with them. And um, after service, I glance over and I see this goddess really beautiful woman <laughs> and her scrubs over there and i grab Lindsay, donnie's daughter i call her my sister my best friend's daughter i grab her and i literally said who is that now there's been quite a few people that's tried to take credit for introducing us but nobody uh -huh. actually introduced okay. us was it like I a line Lindsay, from heaven that just kind of came who down who is that and uh, I tried Wait a to minute. Go. Was this in the middle of worship? And you no, were it was not... after service. Oh, after service. Okay. So we're say. going to get to leave. I didn't ask Your Lindsay to, Jesus to do worship? anything. No. It's your one. No, I got a picture, though. I got a picture from the live stream where I am convinced that she was looking at me during service. Oh, her head were was, you? Brian, did you notice pointed him? Pointed in my direction. Like he said, other people have tried to take credit. He has told some other stories <laughs> of one where I was flipping my hair. That's what I told oh, the girls the oh. first time she met the girls. I was like, yeah, she saw me. She was flipping her hair like, like, a, your dad like a little shampoo silly. commercial. Silly. <laughs> silly. But did you see him? I I did see him out of the corner of my eye. Were you I did, like, like, I acknowledge. I was like, he is a very attractive man. Okay. And so, um, and what's funny is afterwards, so as a single female, I know that there's probably women that can relate. When you're following the Lord, there is this anticipation, is tonight going to be the night? Yes. Is the, Am I going to go to service? Um, and is this going to be it? But I, I was at a place where I was just tired of date. I was just tired of waiting. And there had been a lot of things transitioning because I was just, mm -hmm. I was just tired. I'm yeah. like, Lord, I'm ready to be married. And, but there's, you know, just still being patient. But um, yes. And so he was here, which was, it was a surprise. We didn't even know Pastor Casey was He never coming. announced it. Donnie never announced it. Mm -mm. Oh, okay. So it was supposed to be a normal Wednesday night, only Pastor Casey forgot about the time change because they're actually on Eastern time. <laughs> oh, so, so we you, got there like an hour late. late. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and that's why you were in your scrubs because you just came from work. Mm -hmm. yep. Okay. I was going to yep. say, oh, we're in scrub to church. Yep. <laughs> And yeah. Lindsay came up after service to me, and she said, "Hey, she was so excited. She was oh, like, gosh, Lindsay. And she, 
<laughs> she got so excited. And so that's when she said, so what about Stephen? And they had this thing that they were like my family too. As soon as yeah. I, I went there and they were trying to set me up and from the beginning? Well, from like, oh, what do you think about this one? But oh, it was just more of a joke. People. Okay. It, because okay. there was no there was yeah, no one gotcha. that actually um but they knew I was single and when they they saw, thought about Steven and Lindsay, she was like, This is oh my gosh, you could see the light bulb going. Yeah, it's like off. why did we never <laughs> think of this <laughs> right. before? Right. She literally said that. Yeah. 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 Why yeah. did when we I never asked her who that was? Uh-huh. Yeah. And it was funny because I think everyone like wanted to for us to talk that night, but you this is Stephen tells this story. Yeah, Austin was trying Austin is Donnie's son. Yep. He was trying to give me her number. I said, I don't need you. I'm a man. I'm a grown man. <laughs> I'll get her number myself. I don't need you, you to can't give control me your number. Me. <laughs> And I waited that night. I was I, I kept checking my messages. I was like, surely he's gonna message me tonight and nothing happened. And you know, when you're single and you were one of my top things was I wanna be pursued. Uh-huh. I'm not gonna be the pursuer. Oh well, if anybody does Steve. <laughs> well, you know what happened. You got that. She would have got a message already. But the only the second time in six years. Um, Pastor Casey asked me to drive. He doesn't ever want me to drive. He always drives. <laughs> yes, but for whatever true. reason, the second time, it, it only he happened drove. one other time when we went to Louisiana. He asked me to drive that night. And so I had to go the whole night wanting to send her a message. <laughs> and you couldn't. And I couldn't because I was driving. Now, how long had you been going to church there, Brad? Um, Over a year. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Over a year. And Stephen, you never saw mm-hmm. her because you were just there the week before. I didn't. I had not gone to service. You hadn't gone that, to services yeah, that in weekend, a while. Yeah. And they, I can't believe Donnie Marie never even thought before well, that because he was four hours away is, you know, so okay. you think about the, the distance. I so guess. maybe that was. Well, and I think there's just a timing with God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. That he ordained that time Amen. for it to happen. It couldn't have happened a year earlier. Nope. So when you nope. started there. Oh, no. So that is, that is so true. Yeah. Yeah, we got to trust God's timing. And it, I mean, and the timing, he was so inter, interwoven in it because um, it took off. So the next weekend, I was going down to minister in Louisiana, and uh, there were some things that transpired um, regarding the past. You know, it's it's interesting every time you're about to step through a door in your future, mm-hmm. uh, doors from the past try to get your attention. Oh, yes, that's very true. Get you looking over your shoulder. Yes. And so, you know, I continued to move forward. And literally about 20 or 30 minutes later, I get a message from a pastor that's in Valley, Alabama, only about 30 minutes from where she lives, wanting me to come up the next weekend to minister. And so that's when I reached out to her, called her and asked her on a date. And So wait, okay. You drove all the way back after this service, Stephen. When was mm-hmm. the first time you sent a message? Was it via the text? The next morning. It was I the sent next her a Facebook morning. message. Mm-hmm. A Facebook message. Told okay. her what my intent that's was. That's how I met Dave. <laughs> Facebook. Yeah. Really? <laughs> Asked her for her number. Yeah. 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 Gave her my number. And it was very direct, very clear. And that was for me, maybe being a one, the Lord, Holy Spirit confirmed yes, every single step of the way. I would have a question, like, oh, I wonder, you know, what he's thinking about this. And literally the text would confirm and give information for 
the thoughts that I've had. So even that very first message that he sent, it was peace. Mm-hmm. It was it, he was very clear. Yeah, um, and I it was the most refreshing thing. I, I knew. I said, "This is different." Yeah, this is different. So he is definitely a pursuer. Mm-hmm. He and his Enneagram eightness knew what he wanted, and took you to dinner. So a week later, two weeks after that first meeting, it was a week and a half. Week and a half. Week and a half. I, and I had a, I had a slow plan because I thought, well, I'm going to be down there in like six weeks. I remember weeks, the slow right, plan to go visit <gasps> Pastor Donnie and Miss Marie. I just now remembered the slow right? plan. So, you actually texted me because mm-hmm. I think you saw her coming out of a bathroom. I told you about her. Yeah. yeah I had you gone t- to the bathroom. You, I, when I came out, yes. that's when I saw her. And you so told funny. me about that. And you said, I think I'm going to maybe in six weeks, I couldn't remember yeah. the time frame, maybe go on a date. I was like, why are you going to wait that long? That just happened to be the next time. I, w- I knew I had a business thing in Atlanta and I was going to be going down to Columbus after that. So, But I was like, that's too long. Like, you need to go ahead if you, because you really really liked her yeah and i was like well if donnie and marie and Lindsay, and I, they're all saying this is a good thing i was like why wait six weeks make another trip and go down there and then that pastor set up that mm-hmm. for you to come down the next weekend yeah. for the next weekend just look at god <laughs> taking that slow plan what's up with you in the slow plan you're never a slow plan guy i don't know I'm you not just sure. wanted to go slow that time. And I God guess. said, no, Stephen, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I did not create you to, to operate <laughs> in slow mode. So you first date, where do you take you, Bryn? Um, we met at Barberitos. So I don't even know what that this is. This is really funny. So it's a local place. Yes, it's a local, really yummy. It was one, it's one of my favorite. It wasn't places. supposed to be our first date. No, because I was in my scrubs on a she Friday. She didn't want to go out <laughs> with me that night. No, I oh, did you not? No. So I was coming down, and we were going to go on a date, but it wasn't going to be until Saturday. And so I was very disappointed because I wasn't going to be able to see her until Saturday. I wanted a nice first date where I had taken a shower and done my hair. But then the reality of this man is in town. He's close by. I want to. I want to see him. I want to yep. talk to him. And so, um, so I remember all of those moments. They're very vivid. I remember yeah. them so well. And that was actually a weekend of dates. Mm-hmm. So it just kept- go big or go home. Yeah. We got three of them in the first weekend. <laughs> yep, made it count. Yep, we went to Barberitos. Then we went to go get ice cream. And I knew when we went to go get ice cream, I was like, "This is this is good," because he enjoyed ice cream just like I did. Yeah, and he was healthy too. So I was like, "You can do both." Yep, I did not have an example for that. And then we went to a birthday party well we went to target so target was oh really big that target, was target really like the department moment. store yeah. mm-hmm. she had to go buy a <laughs> she had to go buy a baby um, a baby gift for her best friend that was just that was having a, a yeah a baby shower, shower. yeah day. i couldn't think of the word i was gonna say a nursery but that wasn't <laughs> no. right and so we were at Target, and I actually told her that's where she fell in love with me on the baby aisle. Oh. And here's the thing. This is this is what's crazy. So she told you that about um, that her when she was growing up, her dad was an alcoholic. Yeah. Well, probably eight years ago, I was sitting at a dinner party. And, you know, people have different beliefs, whatever, convictions when it comes to alcohol. Um, I would drink on occasion when I went to business trips or something like that, just in a social manner. I didn't get drunk or anything. I didn't really, I didn't have any conviction, but I was sitting at a dinner party 
and there was people having drinks around and I heard the voice of the Lord, like it was in my ear say, what I have for your life is greater than this if you want it. And so I didn't drink another drop after that. Mm. And it was, I assumed that meant, you know, ministry, whatever. You yeah. know what I mean? All of those yeah. things that you might think, oh, well, I'm, I'm consecrated. So that qualifies me more for some great things, right? It's, it's nonsense in the first place. But that's my, where my head was at. And I didn't realize until I was on that target aisle because she asked me if I drank. And when I told her that I didn't, she thought I was joking because everybody that was in the church world in the area that she was at, all of the guys she had just accepted at some level, there's going to be alcohol in my home and coming from her background, yeah. that was super important. And so I kid her. I said, that's when she fell in love with me was on that when baby When you said, aisle. no, you don't drink. <laughs> I said, no, I don't. And then when I told her that story, it was, you know, Holy Spirit interweaving yeah. us way before we ever oh, knew my about goodness. each other. Your whole story. That's why when you were talking about 2010 and 11, I heard the Holy Spirit say, ask where she was in 2010 mm. and 11. It's because I knew that there was something. Because what year did y'all meet? 2016? Se 17. 2017? Mm -hmm. So I knew that even before you first met, the Lord was already setting this up. So how he how he did this whole process for you guys, where you were. Um, first, then we were at the birthday party. What happened at the birthday party? What, what was funny is there was, a lady, there was a lady that said, oh, I think they would be a good couple. They didn't know we were there on our second date at the birthday party <laughs> the next morning. Then we went to dinner and the waitress asked us, she said, is mm -hmm. this, your, we went for is sushi. this your husband? She, they, she was trying to figure it out. And I was like, goodness <laughs> gracious. Like, Second date. This Second is only our, I think that was our third one technically because okay. we counted the birthday party yeah. and then we went oh, out yes. that night. Oh, yes. And then we went to breakfast the next day and my boss. Ran into her boss while we're waiting at IHOP. <laughs> which then he had questions, which then stirred up our whole whirlwind. That's what accelerated everything. Yeah. Because I was planning on asking her to marry me. Um, when I was planning on asking her Wait, to marry me. Wait, the first me, weekend? No, oh. no, not the first weekend. But when I was, before I was going to propose to her, her boss already uh, confronted, maybe a strong word, but came to her and said, I need to know when you're moving because I think I don't think you're going to be here for much longer. Mm -hmm. And you can't just put in a two-week notice. We need to work a transition plan kind of thing. So yeah. then she comes to me with with that and so it was just interesting even how the slow plan yes was there was acceleration put to it yeah how long um when you knew steven that that was the one i'm marrying that girl was it the first night did you really no 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 okay. because i had frankly from <laughs> different disappointments of the past i had thrown away all of you know, the words and stuff that I had before. Yeah, so that okay. wasn't even on my radar. I just thought she was extremely beautiful. Yes. And then and when I was is. with her, I just enjoyed being with her. And so it was actually as I was interacting with different friends that knew my story, mm -hmm. that those things started being brought up. And as they were brought up, it was like, the oh, Lord yeah. was reminding me through the people close to me. Pay attention to that. It's like a tap on the yeah. shoulder. Oh, remember this? Yeah. Oh, remember this? And what I thought, those all of those words that I thought in the beginning would be directive, they would actually turn out to only be cheerleaders along the way saying, yeah, go, go, go. Mm. 
because you had some words that you thought meant one thing, but then when you when they came into context, you realized they were about Bran all along, yeah, and not about some of these other things you thought they were. I love how God does that because I think sometimes He does mean it about one thing, but He also means it about something mm-hmm. else as well. Just like with the alcohol thing that yeah. I have for you is be- is for better your life than that. Well, than it meant your life is going to be greater, and I'm giving you a Bren. Yeah. And Bren, when was it for you? That you said, okay, I think I want to marry him. On the baby aisle. <laughs> On the baby aisle. <laughs> well, to, to be honest, in all of my years of dating, it was very clear from the beginning something was always off. Yeah. With other people. With other people. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, you've never been married before. Mm-hmm. Single, never been married. Okay. Mm-hmm. And especially like following the Lord and having desires of my heart. And so I, my first standard was, the guy has to ask me out. He has to pursue me. And that was my thing. If he pursues me, I will give him a shot, Lord. Okay. And that was the commitment I made. But very soon, usually, I was like, nope. I know that's not who you have for me, She Lord. told me this when we first started dating. Basically told me that I had a 30-day trial. That she knew <laughs> within the first 30 days. There was no money-back guarantee. <laughs> It was like 30 days. So I convinced her to give me 60 days because I was going to be out of country to Guatemala for Oh, and you wanted to have a little extra time. So I said, uh, well, that's only fair that if I'm going to be out of Guatemala, (laughs) that my time should be longer, 60 days. We got engaged on day 60. Did you really? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 60 days engaged on Memorial Weekend, Memorial Mm -hmm. Day Weekend. weekend, Memorable Memorial Day. How did he propose, Bryn? Oh, it was it was a surprise that we were on the beach and so we were gonna get like family pictures because uh-huh. um, so I had my own hotel I drove over to where Stephen and the girls were and then we all traveled to this really cool beach we were gonna have like a beach day take some pictures and so we're there and the actual photographers are like off to the side, like, what do you call them? They were doing like a couple shoot to yes. the side, a fake couple shoot. It wasn't a oh, real one. okay, okay. They had, she had like, you know, yeah. a fake couple with her. So they were able to get it all. And so that's one thing I love to look back over the pictures mm-hmm. because I'm here, Steven's down on his knee and the girls' faces as they begin to turn around, they looked a little confused and then they were like, they open their mouth. So really the daughters wide. didn't know. Stephen, you Nobody surprised knew. them too. <laughs> Nobody knew. How old were the girls when that happened? Hmm. Ten, mm-hmm. twelve, thirteen, thirteen, Four- fourteen, fourteen. Yeah. Ten, twelve, fourteen. Okay. So they turn around. They see dad down on a knee proposing. What was your face like, oh, friend? <laughs> covering my mouth. Um, were you really surprised? I was. I was. I knew, I think I knew that we were going to get married, but in that moment, that was not, I did not expect those photographers to be capturing our moment. Yeah. I did not expect for that to to be what happened. Whose plan was that, Stephen, to make fake photographers taking fake couple pictures? Was that you? I just worked it out with a photographer down at the beach, yeah. Yeah, and they just found a fake couple to just mm-hmm. pretend to take so pictures? They had their, they're like their friends they brought out to do couple pictures, and then That's... so I knew where they were going to be. We walked past, and then they turned and started taking pictures of us. <laughs> That's so great. So I had a bunch of things for the day. So that morning, I took them all, you know, for a girls day and they all got their nails done their nails and their toes done and then we went on like an alligator safari thing Mm -hmm. in the swamp 
And, you know, so I was kind of right trying to we get our nails done. throw it off. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make sure the nails were good. Then let's go to the alligator swamp. He threw me off. <laughs> so. All right. So engaged 60 days later. And when did we get married? Four months later, right? Four months later, in a hot air balloon. Mm. Well, really, like just a little over three months. Okay. Because you know? okay. it was the end of May, Memorial yeah. Day weekend. And then so June, July, August, we got married at the beginning of September. Oh, yeah. that's right. Okay. Yeah. So just wow. over three months yeah. in a hot air balloon. In a hot air balloon. Whose idea was that? It's Steven. It was mine. <laughs> well, you know, she wanted to do a ceremony, but she also kind of wanted to elope. Okay. She wanted her friends there and mm -hmm. family there, but she kind of wanted it to be private. And so I don't know where the idea really came from. I just thought we could get married on a hot air balloon. Everybody could be there. Then we float away, we'd be by ourselves. And then when we land, all our yeah. friends and everybody would, would be there to celebrate. So just Why like did the you best want to elope, Bryn? So I've been in weddings. <laughs> I've been I've dealt with the drama. Yeah. Um, but they're they're very special. But I always felt like this is one of the something between me and my husband. Okay. I, my vows and I, his I three wanted daughters. It to be yes, yes. And the and the girls. But I wanted it to be intimate. Okay. Um and I didn't want the big the big wedding. I just never had a desire for that. Is this what I really want? Because it seems to be a lot of stress. Yeah. And I just was just ready to be married, mm -hmm. enjoy life. And one thing that is so cool, the year before. I was a big, pl I'm a big planner. I yes. like to, you know, document things. The year before, on September 2nd, I wrote hot air balloons because I was about, I was going to travel. Um, it's a local hot air balloon thing. Festival. That they, festival. Yeah. And so that was in the year before. I mean, I had completely So you had not about. even met Stephen yet. And no. Oh, and no. put this in your planner to go to a hot air balloon festival. Yes. completely forgot about it. Completely <laughs> forgot, forgot about it. it. Until we... I don't know if we had were already married or we were engaged, but I was just looking through my. We were engaged because it was after we decided hot air balloon. Yeah, mm -hmm. but I looked back and it was the craziest thing that the year, the previous year, I was and I actually didn't get to go because schedules got crazy. And I was like, I just, I really love hot air balloons. I want to experience them. A year to the day, September 2nd, I would be in a hot air balloon getting married. And you didn't even know it. I had no idea. Yeah. And and we didn't plan that date either. Oh, no. To no. match that. No, it just happened. It was just that way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love stuff like that. I, I love all that. <laughs> so you go up in this hot air balloon, Pastor Donnie mm -hmm. and your daughters. Abigail. Abigail yeah. to take pictures. Mm -hmm. Yes, because we have to have pictures. And, and then Earl. the and then the, the guy, the, <laughs> the, the giant operator, Earl. Earl. <laughs> he was great. It's like hot air. It's like balloons over Atlanta or something. He's amazing. You want a hot air balloon ride? Earl's great. <laughs> and it's funny because he's in some of the pictures. He is. <laughs> From the wedding, it's like who's that guy? I'm pretty sure his name's Earl. How did I think that guy? It sounds right. Get in the basket, and those hot air balloon baskets are small, mm -hmm. and you had a lot of people in it. We did did. to we go up max there. Capacity. It's one of those things you just don't realize. It's all good in the planning, but then when you're walking up to the hot air balloon, you're like, this is real. I start, I was like, I don't actually know. This is a I little scary. I think they all realized it when it started to lift off, started moving. And then you hit a tree. <laughs> yeah, when we were landing, we hit a tree too. Yeah. 
But yeah. you're he already says, married. Watch out, we're going to hit that tree. <laughs> <laughs> we whacked it. The girls are screaming. I have pine cones in my dress. <laughs> It's one of those, you're he like, this so is kind of dangerous. Watch out, we're going to hit that tree. <laughs> <laughs> Our faces. Well, you got married. Okay, so what time, I forgot what time we ended, all ended up in that parking lot. Oh, it was like first thing 7 a.m. Yep. Yeah, 7 a.m. It was still dark mm-hmm. outside. Mm-hmm. And you guys got in that balloon. And then um, we were going to drive and meet y'all for brunch, your yes. families yes. and all of that for brunch. Yes. So I remember when y'all took off in that balloon and we started driving, like we could see y'all. We watched that balloon go and it was, mm. it was, the sun was coming up and it was absolutely beautiful. And I wasn't even in the basket with you, but I was just like, oh, right now they're getting married. They're it's like, like when they come down, they're going to be married. And then we're going to go eat brunch and live happily ever after. It was amazing. It was amazing. It took a little bit longer was- because we landed in somebody's backyard and they had to fish the... <laughs> The basket out. And it was that. a great place to take Fortunately, pictures. the people that we landed in their property, um, the craziest thing, the lady that she let us take pictures all over her property. She had amazing property. Her dad was like the founder of the American Ballooning Association. Oh, of wow. All things. It was so crazy. Yeah. How fun is so that? So she was like so excited that a balloon landed in her yard. Surprise. <laughs> she still had her coffee. <laughs> So it was great. She had great, yeah, yeah, you know, great um, landscape, everything. Yep, so it was, it was great photos. for the pictures. Yeah, I love it. So married three years, um, you came into a family, Bryn, um, that already had children. Yes, a challenge. Yes, yeah, yes. What was that like? Is that okay to talk about, like a little bit? Maybe how you guys had to navigate some of that? Because I imagine there's some people listening. Go, I need to know what this looks like for real. Yeah. It's hard, isn't it? It is hard. Um, and we also were doing homeschooling, too. Okay. So walking into that was a transition. and Because these girls were 10, 12, and 14. Mm-hmm. They weren't know? babies. And so for me, it's different taking care of a toddler. It's more basic needs. Mm-hmm. And it's probably a little bit more black and white. When they get older, they're like actual – they're – they have they thoughts have and opinions and, and voices. And, and I mean, and they're amazing girls. So yes. Stephen, um, I think what was key was Stephen made room for me. Mm-hmm. He prepared it for me so that we were a team. Mm-hmm. And that's really key. I was talking to a friend recently about a blended family. And not that the kids feel like their voice doesn't matter, but for it to be in proper order, it's important for the husband and wife to be one. Yes. And to communicate that to the kids because that protects the union in yes. a sense. Um, but I did. I had to grow up a lot. And, you know, the grocery store. I'm not used to going to the grocery store every for week for our family. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was a lot of transition. But I found that I'm who I've always meant I was supposed to be. Yes. You know. Yeah. I, I'll i say this because when I married Dave, I had three kids mm-hmm. as well. And that can be a challenging season 
because you're you're getting married and your whole world is changing. I had been single for 10 years. Wow. Dave had been single for 10 years. And so now I'm trying to learn how to navigate a relationship with another person. And hey, here we have three kids too that we are doing this with as well. Stephen, you were single how many mm-hmm. years before you got married uh, again? Close to 10 years. Close to 10 nine, years. And so when we've been, and then of course, Brian, you had never been married. And as adults, when we've been doing this thing on our own, it's not like we're 19 and just getting married for the first time. And so we're just going to grow up together. It's like, you kind of just have systems and you just have ways of doing things that now you have to go, oh, it's just not about me anymore. There's another person here. So not only navigating a relationship, but now a whole family can be challenging. Do you have any advice, Bryn? If somebody's marrying into a situation, um, somebody with kids already, what mm-hmm. kind of advice can you give them? I think being patient, that it's not something that's going to happen overnight. Somebody shared that with me, that it took a good year. Okay. And and I realized it did. It. I honestly feel like year two was bliss. It, oh, really? It feels like... like it's blended in a way because blending takes time. It does. And there's the patience, there's give, there's take. And for the kids too, this is all they've known. Mm-hmm. And so it just takes time. And I think having grace on yourself and seeing the seeing each person as because I was also an only child. Oh, so I don't even Brian. have brothers and sisters <laughs> to have context of what that's like. Yeah. And so it was all new. Yeah. And I mean, even it's so funny, even the practicals of when somebody else was in the house, I felt like I needed to talk to them because my whole life it would be like a friend over. Mm-hmm. And so being in a house full of kids and my husband, I was like, people just do their own thing. Yeah. And hang out in the house together. But yeah. like it's and so I know that sounds so strange, but that's an interesting thought. I yeah. never really thought about that. It's just like one of the things in the morning. So first thing in the morning, her mom, I recognize this one with the first time we ever stayed with her mom at her mom's house. When you get up and you come out. Um, you know, she's immediately, Hey, good morning. Like, you know, very happy to see you. And I'm like, my, there's a verse about people that like this, this like happiness in the morning is, you know, there's a proverb about that. Yeah. You need a shirt that says, give me 30 minutes. (laughs) Right. And so we went, you know, with the girls in the morning, we were like, it was quiet. I would be up in the morning early quiet, spending time with the Lord. Isabel was usually the one that would wake up first. And it was so cute when she was little because I would pray underneath my dining room table Mm -hmm. and she'd crawl up under my table with me. But it was always super quiet. We'd get the girls up, you know, the mornings were really quiet. And so Bren was like, they don't even talk to me when they get up. Like everybody <laughs> ignores there, like, me. Hey, how are you doing? <laughs> like, well, this is what like, we do. I've been trained. <laughs> so advice, don't take it personal. Mm. Don't take, don't, if you cook for your new stepkids, <laughs> your bonus kids, and they don't like it, it's not a personal Yeah. You know, and so I I can tell that now with having a baby of my own. There's, it's not even in my my window of feelings. Yeah, I just prepare her food. But when you come in, everything is is new, and it feels you don't have history. 
Yes. So you have to build it and make it something new because it's you don't want to come in and know what it's going to look like because it's never been created before. Right. You get to build it. You get to build it the way that you desire. Yeah. Well, and it's a good thing they didn't do what the baby does because she throws her food across the room when she doesn't like it. So <laughs> yeah, and when she's that done. wouldn't have gone well. <laughs> um, I remember. Uh, I will say this about you know, Dave coming into our house. So Dave was the fulfillment for me of promises from the Lord. And he came into my life, but I knew, because here's how God works. It's not just for me. I knew that there were things inside of Dave that my kids needed. You know, here I'd been a single mom for 10 years. And I remember the Lord, the first time the Lord told me to prepare to be a bride, that I was going to be married again. I was like, ooh, I really don't want to. But one of the things he said was, you know, I have created for families to have a mother and a father. And even though um, that's not always an option for people, sometimes we stay single for a while, I knew that there was something unique inside of Dave that my kids needed as well. And it does. It takes a little time to build that history. But I knew that that Dave was not just for me, but that Dave was for our family. Mm-hmm. And I feel that way about you, Bren. You were not just for Stephen. Mm-hmm. You were for the whole family. Like, even though it was hard in the beginning, and so for anybody that needs to hear that, it's, it's really God is so good in how He... Um, brings things together. He's not like left a little loose end over here and just goes, well, I don't know how that fits, but we're just going to throw it in there. He has like a purpose in how it all comes Mm -hmm. together and that there are just things inside of you that the family needed, not just Stephen. Stephen, what are some ways that you are able to or have connected intentionally with Bryn apart from your girls? How, How are you able to make her first? How do your girls see that Bryn is priority to you because that's important. Yeah, well, it starts in the morning. So they know we're spending the morning together. So we're up before everybody else. We try to get up, be up before the baby. That's not always successful Mm -hmm. because she wakes up earlier than normal sometimes um, to spend time together. So it will be quiet, spend time with the Lord, um, read our devotional together, our Bibles together, that kind of thing. It's usually just really quiet and, you know, and if the girls wake up and they start coming up because they're, they're very healthy and doing they so they do like morning workouts and stuff. Yeah. But they come up super quiet, go to the other room to turn on their YouTube workouts and everything because they know this is their time. Yeah. And, you know, I, I mean, some of the obvious things trying to make sure that we get times out for dates and things like that. So, you know, quarantine has put a lockdown on some of that, <laughs> yeah. you know, but, you know, just, just making sure that we get time together and they're super respectful of that and, mm-hmm. you know, and honoring of that. And what are ways that you've incorporated her as a family into that? How, how do the girls see Bryn coming into their family? In what mom ways does she does she film like mom roles with them or oh, what does yeah, that look like sure. in y'all's house? I mean, I was I was thinking that while ago when you because were saying they have that. a mom as well. So yeah, when you were saying that she 
she's bringing things to them. You know, so I was raising little ninjas and she's turning them into women. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so we train jujitsu together, you know, they're, you know, they could probably beat anybody up, but they weren't necessarily prepared for their fashion and, you know. Yes, which I have <laughs> noticed, I have noticed lately. Yes, the <laughs> hair and the makeup yeah. and the clothes. Good yeah. job, She Brent. came in at a critical moment. <laughs> yeah, those teen years. To help them become women. Oh, I love that. Bryn, what were you going to say just a minute ago? One thing that Stephen has from the example that you gave to when you've done it by yourself all these years, you are the one used to making decisions. So when there is a decision that needs to be made, you're using you're used to just thinking it through and, and executing it. So yeah. one thing Stephen has learned to do is, I think, to slow that down and to bring me in mm-hmm. and either to ask, what do you think about this? And so I, he's giving me a voice. Doesn't mean he has to take it, but... So we were learning to discuss choices together. Not always, of course there's, but having some sort of. Like with the girls and, you know, cooperative parenting with their mom and their stepdad and all of that kind of stuff. I was very used to just. Here's the rules, let's do it. Right. Yeah, make a decision, let's go. You know, manage some of those situations. So yeah. really, just trying to open that. Because honestly, me. that's just easier, but it's mm-hmm. not always the best thing to do. Because when you have somebody else that can speak into that situation, especially somebody that's been building history with the family for the last three years, mm-hmm. they're going to have a unique perspective to bring in. That you go, you know what? I never really thought of it like that. That's what I love about Dave. Things I would have normally just said no to. I'm like, okay, well, maybe we could do that but it's Mm. always just been a no for me because that was just always the easier thing to do Mm. is just make that decision (laughs) just go nope not doing that and then he'd be like well i don't mind you know taking them out driving lessons i'm like great all yours (laughs) (laughs) in that way that was one of the things we learned because that because no was my default yes because i can always change my mind right come back let up and then it's a win yeah (laughs) but if i give hope and then I come back with Noah. That would never went really well yeah, with no, all three girls. No. <laughs> so y'all got some change coming up in your life. A little bit of transition. So wait, we've been trying to do this podcast for a really long time, but I could never get mm-hmm. my schedule, Bryn's schedule, Stephen's schedule. We could just never all get together at the same place. Uh, so I've kind of known about this news for a little while and y'all just kind of publicly announced it mm-hmm. not too long ago. But tell me what we're doing. We're moving. You want me to go? Sure. Yeah. So we're moving to Knoxville. Um, it's been, you know, when Pastor Casey first went, a bunch of people asked me, am I going up there, all that. We'd never, you know, that. well, this wasn't a we at the time. It was just a me. Yeah. I didn't feel called there. I didn't feel, you know, um, anything like that. But then over the last couple of years, we've felt a lot of transition. We've felt um, just a pulling from the Lord to build something of our own together, vision, family, all of those kind of things. And then my work came in and they started requiring people to be at the offices. And so as I started looking at, because I work at home now, as I started looking at where there was office locations for my job, well, Knoxville was one of them. So we were praying about the different office locations. And so just the Lord really interwoven in all of that, but then it comes full circle and it and it completely makes sense. Yeah. 
It does. So Pastor Casey was here in Hamilton and he planted a church and uh, Pastor Lindsay Hope Unlimited in Knoxville, which we've had several people come yeah. on the podcast recently in that transition of moving, but they've had that church three mm-hmm. years. Three, three years when they first started their, their um, I forget, their interest meetings and all and of all that of sort that. of thing. Yeah. And then they've been going. So that's where you're going to go and serve. And God even connected that all those years ago when you were traveling with Pastor Casey before he even knew there was going to be a church in Knoxville yeah. and that your company would have an office in Knoxville. Mm-hmm. The girls for school, schools, great schools yeah, amazing there. Amazing schools. And so you guys have been um, waiting on the Lord for this move, and the time is now. Mm-hmm. What's that like, Bryn, to have a word from God, but have to wait on it to be fulfilled? Because you guys have known, you've had this word mm-hmm. about going to Knoxville. Mm-hmm. Like, it's solidified in you. Like, God confirmed it to you yes. at the beginning of the first of the year. Christmas, well, it wasn't it? it started back in 2018. It actually started when we were in Manchester in 2018. We didn't have the word about Knoxville, but yeah. we knew that New moving. transition was occurring. Yeah. And then fast forward to September of 2018, we got a word that by the end of 2019, it would you be would settled. Know. Yeah. And then that's when we found out at the very end of last year, Knoxville's the place that we're supposed to be. So even in since 2018, you've known transition, didn't know where. But even once you knew where at the end of 2019, you guys were still here in May, the end of May. And like, you know, you know where. You know God said move. You know Mm -hmm. where he said to go. And you're waiting on a house to sell. Mm -hmm. So what is that like when you have this word from God and you have to wait? It can be very hard. (laughs) What do we do? Because you're living yeah. this out right now. Are you doing it well? I feel like getting to a place where you you love your day. <laughs> if you can you can value your day no matter where, where you at, are. No matter yes, where you are. Exactly. So the things in Hamilton, I love that my Walmart is there's nice people mm-hmm. and it's small. And it's five minutes away. It's five minutes away. No traffic. Right. So focusing on those things, Stephen had said this, that Knoxville is not going to be our savior because Mm -hmm. wherever we are, we're going to be the same people, the same family. Location is not going to just magically. We have to cultivate what we desire right now in Mm -hmm. our thoughts and in our day. And because if we're always, I think that's, there's that thing in life and it's a lie that if I can just get to this next season, things are going to be better. Yeah. And that's like, that's not how it works. We've got to figure out, just even with kids, we've got to soak up today. Yes. Because it's going to change tomorrow. Yeah. Even Brevin throwing Brevin. food when yep. she doesn't like it. Yep. You know, we're <laughs> celebrating that day. Right. Uh, yeah, we didn't mention you have a baby. Mm, yes. You have Brevin. Yes. Yep. Uh, her name is because... <laughs> it's our names combined. <laughs> Brev and Steven. <laughs> yeah. Brev and Rain. Brev and Rain, because that's your name mm-hmm. is a combination of your mom and dad's mm-hmm. name. And say the meaning of it. The so claiming. I'm big on, on oh, yes. name meanings. Yes. Names bring identity. Yes. yes, sir. Whenever you're speaking somebody's name, you're declaring whatever that is. Yes, over sir. Them. So 
Um, when she told me she wanted to combine it, then that's where I kind of went to look to figure out what that would mean. And so Brevin Rain means flaming crown of Yahweh's reign. Oh. So I was like, well, that's a that's, that's a, a strong, strong name. Yeah. That's good. Like, Sounds good yeah. to me. <laughs> I approve. That's a winner. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, so waiting when you know, though, that you have a word from God, you you just have this anticipation of, okay, I, God, this is what you've said, and we know now, like, when is it going to happen? Yeah. So don't despise where you are. Right. Continue to celebrate where you are. Right. I'm all about finishing strong. I think that we can have words uh, from God about new seasons and seasons coming, and I think that the level to which we finish well is mm. how our next season starts. And if we don't finish well, then our start's going to be a fumble. And I always mm. just encourage people in transition, just finish well. Stay where God has you until there's that, okay, now's the time. Yep. Even when you know where you're supposed to be and God's already talking about it, just finish strong until the Lord mm. goes, okay, it's time. But it's time. You guys have a house in Knoxville. Yes. Now your house here is still for sale, isn't it? Yep, it is. Okay, so anybody wanting to move to yes. Hamilton, Alabama, just contact me. Check us out. I will <laughs> hook you up with the link to their house so that you can come buy this house. Tell us about the house, though. It's a great house. It is a great house. In a great neighborhood. It is. Mm -hmm. A deck with woods yeah. in the back. Mm -hmm. Basement. Yep. Yep. Four bedroom. Almost 3,000 square feet. Three bedroom, three bath. Fireplace. Large fireplace. fireplace. Vaulted ceilings Vaulted with ceilings. large beams. Mm -hmm. Yes. Hardwood floors. Dining room, sunroom. Mm -hmm. Hey, that dining room's anointed. You just said you'd get mm -hmm. under that dining room table and <laughs> have quiet a time. A whole lot of glory in that under that dining room table. So, hey, they might even throw in the dining room table. <laughs> no, that's my granny's table. So oh. <laughs> she bought that table the year I was born. Yeah, so the prayer table goes to Knoxville yeah. <laughs> with Does. the Womax. What else have you got going on? We talked a little bit about jobs. You guys have other stuff that you do as well, coaching. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about that. So we're health coaches, and that's actually what the Lord, how the Lord's using it, because we thought we had to wait until the house was sold. Okay. And then it was like a nudge from the Lord that he didn't say, wait till it was sold. He just said, go. And it was kind of like this Jonah thing. I felt like, you know, we can go by boat or we can go by whale, but we're going one way or the other. Yeah. And then he's really blessed our business to the point we can afford to carry two mortgages, you know, at the same time. And obviously that's not a long-term plan, but, mm -hmm. you know, he's the provider, not me. Mm-hmm. I don't like to hear that sometimes. Yes. You know, as the man, that's supposed to be my role. But I think anytime a man starts to become taking pride in his provision, the Lord's liable to put him in his place. <laughs> He's the provider, not me. Yeah. And so my job is to follow his direction. So we really begin to feel that. Um, Knoxville by June, we wanted to be settled so the girls could... Um, be acclimated before school, mm -hmm. you know, all of those things. And we felt like we were supposed to, coming out of quarantine, go ahead and take those steps. And it immediately, as soon as we uh, made that declaration, as soon as we began to align our practicals with what we felt from the Lord, things started falling into place with the house that we found, um, everything, even the when quarantine's lifting. So next mm -hmm. weekend, it will be the first weekend that they're back to having full-time church. They're wow. at like half capacity or something this weekend. So we'll be yeah. joining them with 
the no restrictions and, you know, all of those kind of things. It's just like boom, 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 one thing after another. And it'll be Memorial Day weekend. The weekend that we got engaged. The weekend you got engaged. New beginnings Mm -hmm. there as well. So, well, I'm even wondering if by the time this podcast airs, if the house won't already be sold. I receive it. Why not? We, so if you're hearing this podcast, go ahead, contact me. You better <laughs> contact them quick because it may be already sold. It may already have this. an offer, but we'll take other offers if you want to outbid the current <laughs> offer. And let's see if we can get this house sold. And um, But I love that the, that God has opened the doors for you guys to go ahead and go. So this coaching business, how do people find out? Because you are health coaches. Mm-hmm. What does that look like for people? What do you do? How do you help people? Well, we have a structured nutrition plan. Okay. And so we work with them. It's a four component program. So this isn't a diet. This isn't some, you know, kind of crazy thing. You have health coach, you have community. You, we work with you to build habits of health. So it's, it's really installing a transformational lifestyle Mm -hmm. because anybody can get some dumb Google diet and follow it and lose some weight and gain and lose the same 50 pounds or whatever a thousand times, you know? Yes. Um, And then the fourth component is actually the structured nutrition plan. And a lot of people, it's funny that she, you know, that addiction would be a a big thing because, um, you know, there's a real food addiction that a lot of people struggle with. Mm -hmm. And it's, and it kind of can be masked because it's not obvious. Like, you know, if somebody's doing drugs, there's something innately in them that, you know, that's just not... Uh, the plan for my life. I shouldn't be doing this. But a food addiction, I mean, you have to address it the same way that you would any other addiction. There needs to be separation from it, structure, accountability, somebody walking with you Mm -hmm. to be able to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish. So we help people that it's not, you know, a lot. most people are wanting to lose weight, but we have people that come in that are just trying to develop healthy habits. We have people that you know, or training for marathons. I have a client now who's training for the SEAL team, that a guy going for Ironman. So it's it's not only weight loss, it mm-hmm. is trying to help them reach their goals. Yeah, and renewing their mind, which is, yeah. Brian, why you're so good at, like how the Lord already e- equipped you with that all those mm-hmm. years ago to be able to help people renew their mind. Because addiction isn't necessarily a food, it's just a way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yes, Mm -hmm. and coping and being able to deal with the stresses of that. Uh, People find you online. Where do you hang out the most? Instagram, Facebook? Where do you guys go? Both. Both? Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm going to put your contact info in the show notes because I feel like this journey to Knoxville is going to be, because y'all post online pretty regularly. Mm -hmm. And so that way everyone can keep up with what you're doing. Because I feel like the transition that you're going through, um, you guys are pioneering just so many things and what it looks like moving is hard. Bryn, you moved here when you got married. Mm-hmm. That was hard. It was hard. Now you guys are moving together as a family. And I think it's going to be just this incredibly new, fantastic, wonderful season of new beginnings at Hope Unlimited, which I even love the name of the church mm-hmm. there with Pastor Casey. Um, everything you're doing and helping people, I just see like um, it's the hot air balloon again, how it's just this up, up and away, just this, yeah. it's just going, going, going. And from where I stand and where I sit and I can look up and see that balloon and it makes me think of your wedding day, just how beautiful that was mm. to sit and watch that. And I just think your story just looks like that, what it's going to look like moving forward. I'm excited. Guys, I'm so glad and grateful I had the opportunity to chat with Stephen and Brynn on the podcast before they moved and hearing their story of how they met, dated, and married. I'm super excited for this next season for them in Knoxville. In fact, they're 
already moved and they're getting settled in their new house as we speak. Hey, if you're looking for a house to buy in Hamilton, they've got one for sale. I've included a link to the house in the show notes and if the link isn't there, that means they've sold the house. I've also put a link to their Instagram and Facebook if you want to give them a follow along with all of their adventures in Knoxville as well as their health coaching. Hey, this Wednesday wraps up our mini series of Jen's Guide to Being a Grown-Up and A Breath of Fresh Holly has one more episode on Friday to close out our podcast month for May. I hope you guys have a great week and I'll see you back here on Monday. We're going to sit around the table, have a cup of coffee and talk about what's next, God. God.